It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can review us and find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on your smart speaker, on your Alexa, on your Google Home. Wherever you can find podcasts, you can find Locked On Packers. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at the Locked On Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. I love hearing from you, and that is what we are going to spend our time on today. More of your questions, your comments. This experiment has been a roaring success. I was nervous no one would call or text. And it's like throwing a party and wondering if anyone is going to come. And you guys came. This is great. There's there's Spotted Cow. We got cheese. We got crackers. Some Doritos, maybe. And maybe next offseason we can use this. Uh, you know, if you're a, a listener to the Solid Verbal, we had Ty Hildenbrand on a couple weeks ago to talk about Equinemia St. Brown. One of my favorite podcasts that they do is when they do their listener questions, when they open up the mailbag, they have a lot of non-football questions. And I would love to be able to, you know, have a little bit of fun during the offseason and talk about non-Packer stuff. Let's just let's just chat. That would be great. Uh, during the season, you can ask those questions. I don't know if they'll if they'll get answered. <laughs> It'll depend on how interesting they are, of course. But I, I, I want to focus on them today because this is our last show before the preseason ends. Before the preseason is over. But of course, I'm slow playing this a little bit. We we have to start with the contract news with Aaron Rodgers. And this was something that we've been waiting for. We've been talking about all offseason. It's something that was was always going to be here. Uh, Jason Hershorn uh, predicted that it was going to be on this podcast, in fact, that it was going to be done uh, by, the, by the beginning of the season, by week one. And in fact, it's going to be done before the fourth preseason game. And James Jones broke the news just like Aaron promised he would. And so I think it's important that we look at the deal a little bit because it is unique, but not as unique as maybe we thought it would. There was no inclusion of an early opt-out, which was something that was out there and reported. There was no structure that was set up like the NBA with a percentage of the salary cap. That had been floated out there and had been reported reliably. But what was interesting about this contract is 
in terms of the guaranteed money and and what was reported was $103 million in effective guarantees, in practical guarantees. So the bonus right now is being reported at $57.5 million. I feel like Dr. Evil. I need to have my pinky in my mouth for this. And he's going to get just under $67 million by the end of 2018. And he'll get nearly $80 million by St. Patrick's Day in March. And the Packers will get to prorate that signing bonus over the length of the contract. It's another four years added to this deal, which means Rodgers is, is going to be under contract until he's 40. Any conversation about his leverage, him him trying to push his way out of Green Bay, there was some speculation he was unhappy. There was some murmurings in the offseason. He was unhappy with the way the offensive coordinator change was handled. He was unhappy with Jordy Nelson not being brought back. Any of those conversations about him trying to get out must now come to an end because he's going to get paid. And he's going to get paid in a serious way. Way and and the money on the Packers cap is going to be there until 2022, and almost regardless of what happens, he's going to get paid through 2022, and so that essentially guarantees Aaron Rodgers is a Packer more or less for life. It's hard to see him pulling a Brett Favre and forcing his way out at 40 or, or threatening retirement. He has said on record in the past that he wanted to retire a Green Bay Packer, and it looks like. He's going to do that. Now, the interesting thing for the short term and the practical matter of the Green Bay Packers salary cap is there was some speculation Spot Track had put out that, that a new contract could free up upwards of $15 million in this deal. We haven't seen the exact structure of the deal yet. And so there are some, some machinations here that, that could change these factors. But right now, it appears the Packers' salary cap is going to go up in terms of the Rodgers hit by about five hundred grand, so so less than a million dollars. But that leaves them without enough cap room to say slot in a disgruntled pass rusher who may or may not play in the Bay Area. Now that doesn't mean they couldn't make it work. There are all kinds of ways that they could restructure deals. Remember, the salary cap is an illusion. But this is not going to be some money-saving thing for the Green Bay Packers. And that's okay because their roster as it stands right now is more or less set. And they feel like they're a Super Bowl contender in 2018. And the other bit of news is the Packers traded Brett Hundley. There's more quarterback news. They traded Brett Hundley, who had clearly established himself as the second quarterback on this team. And who I have said on this podcast a number of times, I believe, was auditioning to play somewhere else. I wrote about it for Acme Packing Company. I said, Brett Hundley is playing for his job. It's just not in Green Bay. Because the Packer fans and the coaches have already seen him play. We already know what the Brett Hundley experience looks like. We don't need any more proof in the preseason. He's played well in the preseason before. He didn't play well enough. And now we are in this position of watching the Packers deal him. Now they get a conditional pick. It sounds like a sixth round pick, but a deal is not done. Done. This is a a proposed trade. Pete Carroll has already commented on it. It sounds like it's a done deal. It's just not totally final. And for the Packers, I think this was 
fait accompli is the wrong phrase in this case simply because I don't think it was totally done when the Packers traded uh, Demarius Randall for Deshaun Kaiser, but I think that made it clear they were unhappy with the quarterback position at the time, regardless of what Mike McCarthy and Brian Gunikens would say. Brett Hundley didn't perform well enough. That is the moral of the story. And they brought in a quarterback that they felt like long-term made them better. And I don't think it's impossible to believe that in four years, Deshaun Kaiser is the starting quarterback after Aaron Rodgers decides, okay, I've had enough of this. I'm done. I'm going to retire. He's young enough. He's still just 22, Kaiser is. And so he has the opportunity now to seize this number two job. What is interesting is the decision they have to make with Tim Boyle. Now, the reports are that Boyle is going to be on this team. He's going to be quarterback three. And so so for those of us who do 53-man roster projections, and I'm one of those people, it doesn't have to change that much. You just have to change the names. It looks like the Packers are going to keep Boyle. So they're going to keep three quarterbacks no matter what. But it sounded like the interest in Boyle was significant. He would not have made it through waivers had the Packers tried to cut him and sneak him onto the practice squad. And they were able to capitalize on Hunley's positive value right this minute. I projected last year they could get a fourth round, maybe a fifth round pick for Hunley. After his terrible showing, well, terrible may be a strong term, but after his his poor showing, his up and down showing, his disappointing showing as the reserve starter last year, it seemed unlikely he would get anything in a trade. And then he came back. He looked good in practice. He looked good in three preseason games, played very well against the Raiders in some limited snaps. And the, the Seahawks needed a backup quarterback. They have a familiarity with the scouting staff. John Schneider, who runs that front office, knows and trusts the people in the Green Bay front office. And I'm sure they they believe that Brett Hundley can, can still be something. Whether or not you agree is, is not really the point. The Seahawks did. And for the Packers to get something of value for a player they probably were not going to use anyway is a win for them. Remember, next Monday, we're not going to talk about the game specifically, but we will talk about the game in the context of roster cutdowns. And if there were, were spots won and lost, my guess is you're not going to, no starting positions are going to be won or lost based on what happens in this final preseason game. And that's, that is generally the case. Uh, even a virtuoso performance is not going to get someone a starting job. Now, it might get you a roster spot, if not in Green Bay, somewhere else. That's certainly possible. And I think there are some players that still need to pick up their game. All right, let's get to the questions here because there's one question. I, I just I thought this was an awesome question from Molly, and I'll let her ask it. Hey, Peter, this is Molly from Richmond, Virginia. So we've all felt that pain of... Uh, a penalty that you could argue may or may not cost us the game. So, in your opinion, who do you think, either player or position, on both the defensive side and the special team side, side has the most room for improvement in their tackle form um, so we can avoid this new 15-yard penalty? My mind immediately goes to the secondary, um, but just looking for your thoughts. Thanks. I think this is great. I, I love this question because it wasn't something that had initially occurred to me. Okay, we have this rule, and whether or not you like it, it's going to have some impact on your team. And so who are the players most likely to be impacted by this rule? And I think 
George Iloka, one of the reasons why the Bengals felt like he was expendable was because his best trait was as a run and hit safety, an enforcer. And there are guys still like this in the league. DJ Swearinger is that guy. Guys who are gonna who are gonna come and their best feature is their ability to be an impact tackler. Cam Chancellor. Now he was he was a unique player in that he was also great in coverage. He just happened to be an enforcer as well. But I think that that, that kind of skill set. Those are the kind of players, Molly's absolutely right. You think secondary immediately, the safety position. Well, Haha Clinton Dix is not an enforcer type safety. Now, he's been called for defenseless receiver penalties in the past. And in fact, some people have even pointed to those penalties as perhaps a reason that he's playing a little bit more passive. I don't know if that if that is a reason. Uh, I do think it has become more difficult to play safety in the NFL with all of the rules. That doesn't mean I think those rules are wrong. I just think it's become more difficult to play safety. I think the the intuitive answer is Josh Jones because he is a physical player. He was an, an impact box defender in college, a big hitter. And if there's someone that's going to be affected by this rule the most, it would be him. I don't see it being a problem, however. Clay Matthews has had... Some penalties called on him in the past for leading with the crown of his helmet in the pocket. Uh, one against Carolina in particular that I thought was ridiculous. And Clay, he does play with an edge at times. There's that famous, uh, after Colin Kaepernick ran all over the Packers, they played in San Francisco at the start of the next season, and there was a play where Clay threw Kaepernick out of bounds and, and ragdolled him. And it was to send a message. Matthews is not afraid to go hit somebody and take the 15 yards to send a message like, you are not going to punk us. Maybe that's a, a scenario for the Packers. I don't think there needs to be a, a question about room for improvement, but I do think there is a question of someone like Jamal Williams, who is a power back and is going to lower his shoulder. If they're going to call this penalty both ways, is it going to affect his run style? Is, it gonna, is he going to get called once a game for this? Now, that seems unlikely, but could that affect his effectiveness as a runner because he's less likely to lower his shoulder because he doesn't want to get called for this penalty? There are some, some subtle ways in which this, this new rule can impact the game. I have made the case already that I think it's overblown and, and overstated. And I also think they're going to call it less frequently once the regular season opens. They've sort of hinted at that. I'm not that worried about it, but I think it is something to keep an eye on as we move forward here over the course of, you know, the early part, especially of this season. Before we move on, I want to let you know that we are still doing the Locked On Packers athletic promotion. So if you want to join the athletic, if you're thinking about it, if you've considered and you thought, well, I don't want to pay for my content. I understand that. There's a lot of good Packers content out there. There's a lot of good Brewers and Bucks and Badgers content out there. But I hope you'll support really good content. And in fact, it's not just about supporting good content. It's about supporting a good experience for a media consumer. If you are someone who doesn't want pop-ups, you don't want ads, you don't want autoplay videos, that is what The Athletic is giving to you. That's what you're paying for. You're paying for a streamlined, personalized experience for authentic, in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their teams inside and out. And coverage is going to go well beyond game recaps, trade speculations, 
That's what this show's for. <laughs> to smarter analysis and a deeper perspective about teams and the league. Subscribers, when you subscribe, you get access to local and national content. We're talking about hundreds of stories published every day. You want national media coverage from Richard Deitch. It's there. National NFL coverage from Lindsey Jones. It's there. Plus the Packers coverage from Michael Cohen, Ben Fennell. And, and just a host of outstanding writers across the country. College football, the college roster is absolutely stacked. Their college media team right now is an Alabama recruiting class. That's how good it is. You can subscribe now with a Locked on Packers promo code. In fact, we have an entire link you can use at theathletic.com slash Locked on Packers. You'll get 40% off your first year subscription. That's more than the writers. When they announce they're going to The Athletic, they give you 30%. I'm going to give you 40%. That's less than $3 a month, less than you spend on coffee today. And you could get all of this great content through The Athletic. That's theathletic.com slash locked on Packers to get 40% off your whole year's subscription. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right ryan graham from milwaukee says peter this defensive line is thick top three unit in my opinion daniels clark and moe all have pro bowl or are on the cusp of such talent. Adams looks strong. Lowry is a contributor. Haven't seen much pop from Looney or Lancaster, but there's potential. Is it worth exploring the idea of using Lowry in the market to upgrade a lacking position? Can't help but wonder. Big fan of the show, daily listener, making smarter Packer fans everywhere. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Ryan. This is an interesting question to me because it does seem like Lowry is not getting the same sort of love from the coaching staff. As Montrevious Adams, we know what those top three defensive linemen look like. But as Ryan points out, we haven't seen much from the other defensive linemen. In a 3-4, it is true that you don't need as many defensive linemen on the roster as a 4-3. That's just how math works. When you play a base 4 front versus a base 3 front, if you're just going by strict definition of defensive linemen, you don't need as many defensive linemen as a 3-4 team. But you need more than four. Because you have three starters, you have a backup you feel comfortable with, you need more than four. Because you want to have a rotation. So Lowry is that that fifth defensive lineman. What you want is you want Mo and Kenny Clark and, and Mike Daniels fresh at the end of games to give you that impact play that they can in the first quarter, in the fourth quarter. And when you have defensive linemen that you can cycle through, that you can keep those bodies fresh. You go back to 2014 when the Packers had Julius Peppers and Nick Perry and Clay Matthews and Dayton Jones and some quality defensive linemen. That ability to rotate guys, 
you might have Julius Peppers not make a play for three quarters, but he's fresh in the fourth quarter to make that play. Or the same is true for Clay Matthews or whatever it is. So what's interesting here is, could they find a trade partner for one of these players? I don't, I don't think so. Maybe, but I don't think they should. And I don't think they will. Because the value of having depth at defensive line, especially when that is going to be a calling card of your defense, I think it's just too important to have that depth because they're not going to get enough out of, of a potential trade for someone like Dean Lowry. He's not a an established enough player. If you're going to say, well, should they trade Mike Daniels? You could get real value for Mike Daniels, but you're not going to get enough value to make that worth it. So this is a, it's kind of funny to me because the Packers have struggled to put together a a defensive front that can really match what it had when Cullen Jenkins was in town with BJ Raji and the quality of that defensive front. And yet as soon as they do, now you want to make trades. I just, there's not enough value in it. And what you're looking for is if you're going to make a trade, you want to, you want to have a position of also high value. So if you're going to trade someone, trade someone like Ty Montgomery, where a team might feel like he can come in and be a feature back and he's worth paying a price for, and you're not losing that much. You could get something of value for Ty Montgomery and still have a very good backfield. You could trade Dean Lowry and still have a very good defensive line, but if all you're getting is like a sixth round pick, why are you making that trade? He's worth more to you than that. So you have to you have to take into consideration what you're getting in return for these trades. Otherwise, it's it's just trading to make a trade. I'm not saying don't make a trade. I think there are players out there that could be had in a trade that could help this team. This just doesn't strike me as a place where you're going to get real value for a player who is and I think maybe this is the heart of the issue, an underrated part of this defensive front. He played very well last year, was very much an integral part of one of the best run defenses in football. That defense gets better when you have depth. Trading away depth for draft picks. Now, I, so, okay, so, now I understand that, that Ryan's point was, let's get a position. Let's trade him for a position of need. Okay, who? First of all, we have to establish where that position of need is. And then the players available that you could get. So let's say we think the position that that you need to upgrade is, let's say, safety. Who are you going to get? Can you trade Dean Lowry in an Earl Thomas deal? Maybe with a pick. What are the other options? All right. Can you trade Dean Lowry in a Khalil Mack deal? Maybe. But, but like, why? And why would the Raiders do that? Why would, why would a team trade for a defensive lineman and give up something of value if they didn't have to? Now, maybe, maybe what you're saying is, okay, Lowry and a fourth for um, a starting caliber edge player or safety or something like that. Maybe that makes sense. Maybe. But I think there's too many, val- there's too many variables at this point for me, for me to really break that down in a way that I think is meaningful. So suffice it all to say... Yes, they could get something for Dean Lowry, but I don't think whatever that thing is, is enough to give up the depth and the experience that he would provide at a position of strength for this team. You want to be good at something. You want to have an identity. And when you have an area of strength, it is really good. 
and in fact essential that you have depth there so that thing remains a strength. Because those strengths, the summation of those strengths is what makes you a good or bad team. And so if you risk potentially losing that strength or hurting your strength, you're hurting your team. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Locked On Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats. You can pick from main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. That comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. All right, one more question. One more voicemail. I think this is a fitting way to end really what is the, the preseason process because after this, no more shows to talk about preseason. No more. So this is the last question of the preseason. Hey, it's Tim calling from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Addicted to the Lockdown Packers podcast for sure. New listener. Love the show. And wanted to talk about what you had mentioned the other day, which was our optimism as fans going into the 2018 season. We have plenty of reasons to be optimistic. The first one being losing your starting quarterback and not making the playoffs. I don't think it gets any worse than 2017, although I hate to say it because it possibly could. But I will say this. I am optimistic going into 2018. We are starting to look a little bit healthier. We're definitely deeper on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the secondary. Um, I think if you give Aaron Rodgers and his offense a lockdown, shutdown defense, I think we are storming into the NFC title game and onto the Super Bowl. Go Pack Go! Tim from Milwaukee signing off with another comment. Not really a question in there, but I wanted to play it because I think that is the general sense that I get from a lot of Packer fans. And I, I wrote about it for SB Nation uh, my editor, Tex Western, asked me to write a piece why why you should be excited about the Packers in 2018. And, the, and basically, the case that I made was, yes, they're healthier. And more than that, 
And, I, and okay, so there's there's really nothing more than the Aaron Rodgers health. If he's healthy, be excited. But they are they are healthy at other critical positions and at at nearly every position in terms of preferred starters. But you look at the institutional failures of the last few years, the lack of creativity on offense, the lack of adaptivity on defense, and then the inability to bring in key players either through the draft or through free agency. It looks like the Packers this offseason have done all of those things, taken steps to fix all of those things. They've revamped the offense. They have just absolutely overhauled the defense and they brought in a far superior coach, someone who is going to approach the defense in a modern way that is going to fit the players on the field. And then Brian Gutekinds went out, added a veteran corner who can still play, plus the leadership and and the coaching and the mentoring of these young corners, added excellent talent in the draft, and then brought in two offensive players who can have a big impact this year in different ways, Mercedes Lewis as a blocker, and who can who can catch the ball, Jimmy Graham as a pass catcher, you have Byron Bell for depth, and then Muhammad Wilkerson on defense, a defensive playmaker. Whether or not he's going to be all pro-mo is not the question. He's going to be an upgrade from Dean Lowry and Montrevious Adams. He made this team better. So it is fine to be excited that the Packers went out and fixed or took steps to fix most of the things that Packer fans have complained about most. It didn't seem like the offensive staff and the defensive staff were working in harmony. It didn't seem like the coaches in the front office were working in harmony. The front office had slipped as a draft organization, which which makes sense given the, the amount of talent that was bled from this front office. But Brian Gutekinds looks like he's righted the ship a little bit. Early returns on this draft class, at least, are very high. And we know what we think of this free agent group. We think they can all be quality players. Mine, you know, Byron Bell notwithstanding. But Graham, Lewis, Mo Wilkerson, these guys can come in and have an impact. Tremont Williams, these guys are starters, impact players. And they don't have to be all pros. Although I do think, by the way, Jimmy Graham has a chance to be that. But there are reasons to be excited that we haven't seen in Green Bay in a long time, specifically because we haven't seen this kind of upheaval in a long time. We haven't seen this kind of turmoil with the team in a long time. And it took a brutal season, as was mentioned, 2017, as bad as it gets, he said. I don't know if that's true, but it was bad. It was tough. There are reasons to be excited that go beyond it's just not 2017 anymore. But that could be reason enough because Aaron Rodgers is back. And that is reason enough to be in on 2018. All right, we're going to be back next week. Remember, no show on Labor Day. But then we'll be back to talk about the final roster, what it looks like, who's on it. And then it's time to push forward. We've got the Chicago Bears coming to town pretty soon. Already next week. So we're going to have to push forward on that. So we'll take, normally it would be Expert Tuesday. Uh, What we'll do instead is we will rehash the final roster cuts because that'll have happened over the weekend. We'll get into who's on the roster, etc. And then Wednesday, we will have Opponent Wednesday on the Chicago Bears, Scouting Report on Thursday, and then we'll be back on this train. We are on the roller coaster for 2018. Get excited. Remember, there's going to be stuff all season long for you to read and AcmePackingCompany.com. I'm going to be writing at least four times a week there during the season. There's also stuff at Fanside at Pro Football Weekly to get you hyped for not just the Packers, but your fantasy football team. 
all sorts of stuff that you need, important information that you need to be the best football fan that you can be. Remember, follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. All of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com and the Packers fan hotline. We're going to be doing more of this, answering your questions on the show. Hit me up, 920-341-3775. You are a part of the show. I want you to feel ownership of the show. The Packer fans are the only fan base that actually gets to literally own the team. So I want you to feel like you have some ownership in this podcast. But frankly, the best way to do that is to always stay locked on Packers.